Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Mr. Craig Conover. Thanks for having me, David. I'm pumped. I've been excited to, to come on for a while. So I'm glad our timing finally worked out. We find, listen, is this what it takes? You have to go and write a book, Craig, for, for me to get you behind the velvet rope. I know, right? Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm finally uh, qualified to come on all of these as now I'm a new uh, young writer, if, if, as they say. You are a new young writer. Well, listen, Pillow Talk, What's Wrong With My Sewing? Congratulations. Like, do you feel different now that this book is out there for everyone to read? It's a wild process. You know, it took about a year and a half. And, um, you know, I, I, you know I, I work well with feedback. And I, I wish I knew. It's just exciting to hear what people think. But the book, it was never meant to be like a this is what actually happened book. It was, this is what also happened book. And so the more of a full complete story I can give people of my life, I enjoy because, you know, if you're going to judge me, you might as well have the, the whole story and I don't really have anything to hide now. So I'm happy to put more of that story out there and it's been received pretty well. Did you ever think, you know, back in 2014, when you said yes to a show called Southern Charm that Eight seasons later, you'd be here, an author with all of this. I mean, it's wild. I remember, you know, my goal at the time, you know, Jersey Shore was kind of the baseline that we had. You know, that was the only show on back then other than Vanderpump had just started. Um, And so I remember being like, if we can get three seasons, that means like it was all worth it. And now, yeah, I mean, our eighth season's about to come out just wrote, you know, my first book. I mean, you know, I always thought maybe I could write a cookbook. That's what I really wanted to do at first, but never did I think that I'd have enough stories, you know, in my life at this age to write a memoir. So it was a very humbling process. Was your aspiration to be the next Paul E.D. or Mike the Situation? I was a Paul E.D. guy, definitely. That's a good choice. I, I see nothing wrong with a little Paul E.D. No, Paul E.D. is great. And I've never met any of them, which is wild. I mean, almost nine years in this world. And you'd think I would have, I walked by Snooky once in an airport uh, and that was it. But I've never seen any of the guys. Did you think of going up to Snooky and saying hi and introducing yourself? Uh, I didn't realize it at first because um, I, uh, she was just kind of like a little meatball with a sweatshirt on. And uh, when I realized who it was, you know, it was too late. Well, listen, like you say, you have nothing to hide. Like I learned so much about you from reading this book. Like, was there anything that you kind of teetered on that made the book? Was there like one or or two things that you kind of contemplated not putting in, you know, like, oh, this is too personal. I just don't want to talk about this. Yeah. I mean, obviously with the Naomi stuff, you know, if she wasn't, if she hadn't agreed to be 
you know, included and interviewed, then I, you wouldn't have gotten nearly, you know, as full of a picture as I, I wrote about just because I just didn't feel like I owned the rights to that story. You know, there's and any, and, you know, especially with a breakup or any relationship, there's two sides to every story. And the truth is usually in the middle. So even my writer, Blake, um, God bless him. He's awesome. But he was very surprised when he spoke to Naomi for the first time, because he was like, your stories match up. He's like, you both remember things the same way. And, um, and I think we were able to capture that sentimentality. And I really, you know, obviously being in a relationship with Paige now, it's, it's odd writing about a, you know, a former love story that you had, but I think it'll help a lot of people. And it kind of, you know, it, why I am where I am today and you know without the things like that without big things happening like that in your life you know God knows where I would be so I think you know it's an important part of the story and I'm not gonna hide it I mean you know the Adderall use uh when you're hooked on it or on anything that's when the shame is there you know and you do everything you can do to suppress it but you know I haven't taken Adderall in three years and um now kind of my penance to that is telling my story and trying to help others. And it's, it's kind of the opposite of shame. You're just like, no, I was that fuck. Like I was the fuck up, you know, but now, you know, knock on wood, I'm not. And, um, and so that part of the story, I mean, yeah, talking about how I used to hide pills around the house that, you know, I never told anyone that in my entire life. So there were some few things that was, I was like, man, I'm really doing this. Right. When you start, listen, I, I get it. I mean, I mean, have you heard from a lot of people, like what has shocked people the most as far as, you know, wow, that shocks me about Craig Conover from reading this book. You know, I haven't had that many, like we were shocked reactions. There's a lot of like, that makes sense. You know, a lot of that type of reaction when you're like, you know, I would have never, I would have never thought this about you. And I would have never like, you know, come to this on my own. But when I read it, I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. Um, you know, I don't think people realize how many layers there are to me. And, you know, reading about my childhood and reading about, you know, some of the struggles that I put on myself, but that I went through. Well, I, I didn't put the bullying on myself, but the other other stuff was, you know, self-induced. Um, I think people were very surprised. This is why I like sharing the story that you know, I'm not just a dumb reality star that, yeah, I am a dumb reality star, but there's a lot of other layers um, to that too. Totally. I mean, listen, so I, I was shocked a little bit by, listen, I grew up a gay kid in the suburbs. It wasn't 2022. So I was bullied. Sure. I get it. But I was kind of shocked when I read all this stuff about you being bullied. You know, you say attractive, gorgeous girlfriend, reality TV star, successful business person, like I don't know. I wouldn't think Craig Conover was bullied as a child. Yeah. And I mean, it was, uh, I will say that that was probably the most toned down thing in the book was the extent of the bullying. I mean, it was, it was terrible. And I was fortunate to just be bright enough and weirdly have this kind of worldliness to myself as a young child that I was able to realize how lucky I was to be able to go home to a loving, supportive family. Um, and having that safe place is what, you know, got me through school. And then you realize like, you know, a lot of the bullies, they don't have that when they go home and they're just kind of projecting, but it's hard for a young kid to be like, Oh, you know, things will get better. And so, um, it's funny at our live show last night, someone, a teacher asked, they were like, Hey, I'm a fifth grade teacher. What advice do you have for, my fifth graders. And I was like, I don't, but I was like, you guys need to beat the shit out of those bullies. I was like, that's the problem right now. Cause the kids getting bullied, the bullies are now the victims and the kids getting bullied aren't allowed to do anything about it. Um, but that's a talk for another day, but that's kind of, you know, something that drives me is hopefully I can make a change and, you know, teach kids that it's cool to be nice to the other kids, you know, and it's not cool to be mean. And, um, but man, did that set me up for a reality TV? Cause it's funny. Cause when, you know, the first few years and you get the mean comments and the haters, I'm like, good luck guys. Like there's nothing you can do to even come close to what I've already been through. I totally get that. So that really like for, for real, like you just, when you were on reality TV, right. The trolls came out. It really was like 
these just like you never went down that rabbit hole of like this affects me and it was because of like being bullied yeah and well because i had to self-validate and hopefully one day i wish i could have explained that better in the book but you know i i convinced myself and i truly believe i truly liked myself you know once high school hit i was like i i am good enough and i am a nice person and one day i'm gonna do something you know, great. And like, you know, this is just their, these people's opinions of me. And so the self-validation is what got me through. And it's tough because it's such a catch 22 because I am in such a better place now because of the bullying, but I still wish, you know, I didn't have to go through it, but it's definitely shaped me. It, it, I don't think people realize how like how transformative and like scarring bullying is as a kid because it really does you know it it stays with you and you know I'm fortunate that it brought me to a good place um but yeah it's just it's funny how you know how how long that stays with you totally well like look it helped you with internet trolls so that's a positive right Exactly. Exactly. And did it help you in a sense you know like you are on this reality show you know like it's tough, you know, sometimes being on a reality show is the wild, wild west. And if it isn't, you just get to your first reunion and then you realize you need like a suit of armor. Yeah, the God reunion days are the worst day of the year. But I mean, I think that's what is great is, you know, people finally after reading the book is like, oh, this is why Craig's always so outspoken or is always sticking up for the underdog because this is something that, you know, he's dealt with um, before. And uh, yeah, moving forward, I'll try not to get blacked out before any reunions moving forward or my publicist is going to have a, a lot harder a lot more work to do than uh than we are right now a harder job well you know speaking of southern charm you know i think also like talk to me about that because you talk about this in the book a little bit you know you have fame you know now we're in season eight you know i do this for a living so i know what season eight means you're doing well financially you know i think people yeah. think reality tv star fame who wouldn't want to be on Southern Charm, but, you know, talk to me about, you talked about how it did kind of have like an adverse effect, like when you first started the show at times. Well, yeah. And it's getting a little looser with, you know, the restrictions on us, but man, was that frustrating for a long time being called lazy and shit. And I, and, you know, like, you know, when are you going to get a job? How are you even paying your bills? And, you know, for a long time, we weren't able to address that this is a job, you know, because they didn't, you know, they don't want to kind of, yeah, what, you know, for whatever reason, we both under, we both know that. And so you kind of have to take it on the chin. And it was like, look, I was trying to juggle a lot of stuff back then. Um, And you don't really get the credence for it, but I, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, I'm still happy. I did it. I really love the life I have. I love the, you know, all the help we're able to do and the good and um, the people I can meet. But I like, you know, Look, I, a lot of the girls on our show, past and present, really have had some hard times with being on the show. I mean, people are mean. And like I said, for the first time in these girls' lives and some of our guys, it's the first time that they're dealing with it. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I had dealt with it before. And so I know to not like read the stuff or look at it. But, you know, it can get pretty dark because people, not everyone, but a lot of people view you as objects and they don't think you have feelings. And like, the stuff they say online, they would never say to someone's face. And like, even the what the one that's crazy is like when people respond, like a girl that I did a podcast with the other day, like Fran on Chickler office, she said that someone said something really mean to her and she just wrote back mean. And they were like, no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. Like, I love you so much. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe you responded. And you're like, what world are we living in right now that someone thinks that it's okay to say something nasty, but, um, you know, and you, and you can't bitch about this with anyone because it's very unlikely that anyone else in your life is on a reality show. And so it kind of gets lonely a little bit because I mean, who are you like, you know, who are you going to complain about some of those things to? Because it's like, cry me a river, Craig, you know, cry me a river. Like, I'm so sorry that your life's, you know, tough sometimes. Um, so, you know, one day maybe I'll write about the experience because it's truly been fascinating to live through. Yeah. I mean, usually I just say to people like, thank you very much for your kind words, even though they're saying horrible things to me. And then same thing. They're like, oh my, wait, oh my God, wait, no, that's like, and I'm like, how, how do you want me to respond to this? Like in what world, <laughs> yeah. you know? So I, I'm telling you like, but mean is a good one too. I'm going to have to steal that. 
well, you know, it's been, we're going into our eighth season. Like, what are some highs that stick out for you? Like from Southern Charm? Like, do you have like one or two highs just to sum everything up? I mean, the time, you know, we really miss Cameron, but like getting to hang with Cameron was so fun. Um, You know, we filmed for four months and we were kind of all over the place. You know, after a few seasons, everyone goes out on their own and starts traveling and stuff. But when you're brought back, you know, kind of in the same realm, um, it's just really fun. And look, I would have never been able to go live in the Bahamas if I hadn't done the show. So that that's just one crazy thing that I, I love from it. Um, but the time spent with the guys and like, I love doing press, you know, whether we were doing upfronts in LA with chef or, or Austin and, you know, touring universals, you know, studio lot, like that type of stuff. I love and meeting the other people on the network. Cause I'm such a TV fan. I don't watch unscripted except for don't watch unscripted except for really 90 day. And some Bravo stuff, but scripted shows I love. And so when we do these things with NBC, you get to meet these people. And it's just, that's always been so fun for me. Are you the type that gets starstruck? Like, right, like you meet people through your job. Like, do you get starstruck? Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. I literally had the worst headache I've had in months yesterday. And that's because I didn't have my relief ban on. Listen, I had to take an Uber from New York to New Jersey because I had something to do. It was last minute. It was unexpected. I was running around New York on foot walking. So I didn't think I needed my relief ban. And then I had to jump in an Uber halfway there. I could just tell what was happening. And by the time I got out of this Uber, my head was freaking pounding. I mean, I have motion sickness. And literally the only thing that has been able to help with this is Relief Band. Listen, Relief Band is the number one FDA cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to relieve and effectively present nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, even hangovers. To just wear it on your wrist, it's stylish and it solves everything. Don't let the fear of nausea prevent you from being present for life's important moments. Right now, you can join over 100,000 Relief Band users, including myself, with an exclusive offer just for the Behind the Velvet Rope listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use code VELVET, you'll get 20% off plus free shipping and a no-questions-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. Remember, it's better to have a Relief Band and not need it. I learned that yesterday than to need it and not have it. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use our promo code VELVET for 20% off plus free shipping. Do you think there's anything about me which is a calm, relaxed, chilled out person by nature? I mean, do you? I'm waiting for the answer. No. And I've tried so many things to help me calm down and to help me sleep. Warm baths candles, everything else, none of it works. The thing that has helped me more than anything is the Calm app. It's the number one mental wellness app that gives you the tools to improve the way that you feel. So the Calm app for me helped me reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations. I've done, there's, they have these curated music tracks that you listen to and they just help you like rest and recharge. And they also have imaginative sleep stories. So it's actually helped me sleep. It's just awesome. (sighs) Takes the edge off guys. Now for listeners of the show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription. You go to calm.com slash velvet rope. You go to C-A-L-M 
com slash velvet rope for 40% off unlimited access to com's entire library. That's com.com slash velvet rope. We come together every day, five days a week, and we are from all different walks of life, shapes, sizes, locations. But there is one thing we all have in common here, and that is we love reality TV. Come on, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't. I have to tell you, I am obsessed with being. Being is reality TV gold. Listen, Bing is an innovative new audio format like no other podcast you've ever heard. This season, it's Bing Trans. You're going to meet Chloe. You're going to meet Jeffrey, Mariana, and Cy. Over the course of six episodes, you get to be a fly on the wall. And I know you guys love that from their most intimate conversations. They're unscripted, raw, you're going to hear it all. You'll be right alongside them as they handle health, family, relationships, love, friendships, professional careers, and everything else that comes with living life as a transgender person in LA. With this podcast, you'll gain unique insights and an empathetic understanding of their personal experiences. From Lemonada Media's Being Studios, this is audio reality. This is being trans. Literally, think about it. We now have reality in the form of a podcast, you're just going to sit back and you're going to observe. It is so good, you guys. Being trans is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I internalize it really well. So I don't act like I am, but in my head, I'm like, this is so cool. This is so cool. This is so cool. Um, but my goal has always been, I've never taken pictures. I'm always just like, my goal is that if I see you at an airport after this, we can have like a beer together or like a drink, you know? You never asked for the picture. No, Shep asked for a picture with every single person he has ever met. And I'm on the opposite side of that, which sometimes I, I hate it. I, sometimes I like being with Shep because I'm like, oh, God, of course, Shep's taking the picture. But inside, I'm like, all right, this is cool. I definitely wanted a picture. Who is who's someone that just left you starstruck where you were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. The only one of the main ones was like Danny McBride because um, he's a big Bravo fan and he came up to me in cam once and we're like, dude, you're in like 75% of our favorite movies. Um, but yeah, that was a fun one. And, you know, like Dale Earnhardt Jr. and his wife, Amy, are big fans. And um, but Shep, I remember we did a movie with Olivia Culpa and he was uh, he was so shy. And that was the time that he asked for the picture with both of us. And I was like, all right, this is cool. That's a good one. What about yeah. like, what are some, like, is there one or two things that stick out as your lows from Southern Charm? Just like, let's not relive this. Yeah. I mean, second season got pretty rough. Um, I was living like paycheck to paycheck and just spending more than I had and felt like I had to be the guy buying all the shots. And it, it was, I was definitely spot, you know, I talk about that season in the book. Um, yeah. And, and then like, I think when they, when everyone came over for the first like pillow party at my house, no one really knew what was going on. I think I woke up at like four or five and, you know, yelled at producers, like it was everyone else's fault, but you know, really it was my fault for, you know, staying up all night, God, you know, sewing or doing, it was never like fun stuff either. You know, like you know, with Adderall, you're just by yourself, like doing random shit around your house until you like burn out. And then, you know, half the time I just take another one, but, um, I didn't realize that I was depressed at that time. And um, Adderall was my happy pill. You know, when I took Adderall, I wasn't depressed in that moment, but I didn't realize that it was just elongating, you know, the real issues. Um, so I'd say, you know, there's, there's some dark moments, but not, you know, nothing specific. Um, just kind of, kind of my way of living at, at some of those points. And you also talk in the book about how, you know, which I don't think I really realized just when watching the show is like sewing kind of really came at a point where it was a low, like, you know, when your sewing started to take off, talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah. I remember I, I was waiting for my house to get, you know, the closing of my house to go through and I had moved out of uh, Naomi's house and the house we lived in together. And and Anna Hayward had come back from the Bahamas. So I had to rent a house in wild dunes and, in uh, Isle Palms here in Charleston. And I, I remember I stayed up all night sewing pillows. I hadn't like 
listening to Eminem and Taylor Swift and just like taking Adderall and like it was the first time I had been happy in so long even though it wasn't like a healthy thing I just I had purpose and it sounds so silly but I was just like you know what I'm gonna do something with this and and it wasn't Naomi's fault at all but getting out of that toxic environment that we both made it. I mean, it was equally both of our faults, obviously, but all of a sudden I felt free and I just started to sew and sew. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to do something with this. Of course it was during a hurricane. And I woke up on the couch to like this hurricane warning going off on the TV, just blaring and everyone else had evacuated. And I was like, I am so stupid. Um, and like the windows were like smashing together, but I was happy and I felt kind of in control of my own life again, because, you know, mid 20 break, everyone goes through that mid twenties breakup where you think you're going to get married and you break up. I mean, it is a mind fuck and you don't really, I didn't know who to talk to and it was hard to admit, but I was like, I had my whole life planned out with someone. And now you're telling me that that's not the life I'm going to live, but I was able to turn it into a positive. And yeah, that's really when the sewing started. And you talk in the book too, about how like your home ec teacher, you know, I mean, for people that don't realize, like you really were drawn to sewing like at a young age. Yeah. My, uh, I was fortunate that I still, I had home ec in school in seventh and eighth grade with uh, Miss Turley and the girls and boys did it. And then we had tech ed too, where everyone made like, you know, the drag cars or whatever they were. Um, and I learned to sew and cook in home ec. And, uh, you know, I really think a lot more people enjoyed it than they thought. But a lot of the people go home to, you know, traditional or stereotypical, you know, gender kind of households. And again, fortunately, I had parents that were like, anything that makes you happy, Craig, you know, we're going to support you. Um, no, I know not everyone had that. But uh, I guess, you know, it's not in a lot of schools anymore, which is a bummer. But man, did I love I love the act of creation, apparently. Like, that's why I love cooking. It's why I love gardening or building stuff. And just like with sewing, it's this act of creation, which I've learned in the last few years from, you know, therapist friends being like, yes, Craig, that's why you enjoy those things. Um, so. Well, look, Sewing Down South is now like a real legitimate booming business. But in the beginning, you know, some of your castmates weren't so receptive to this idea. Who, who kind of was, you know, who kind of rode you the hardest of like, this isn't real, didn't take you seriously? Well, I mean, obviously Shep, but he always rode me on anything or anything and everything. Um, you know, he'll tell you it was old, good old fashioned ribbing, but uh, we obviously saw it cross that line a, a few times. Cameron is who I was most disappointed in. Um, you know, I just had never seen that side of her. Like I really... I knew, you know, like I knew I had a good idea and I really liked it. And I just thought these people would trust me enough to be like, if Craig wants to do this, you know, fuck it, let him do it. But I think what hurt the most was it made me feel like I had lost everyone's trust. Cause I was like, man, I really am just like, I just talk the talk. I talk the talk and I've never really walked the walk. And one of my biggest goals was to finally walk enough walks that people, you know, that my word meant something again, because I lost that. Um, and that was painful because I knew I had pushed and I had pushed and I had pushed. Um, and, you know, I don't think, you know, people really took my word seriously anymore. And it was really Cam that you were most shocked by. Yeah, in that time. And then she was the very first one to, you know, turn it around, though. And as soon as I actually did what I said I was going to do, she the first red carpet she was on, she was like, hey. Craig was right. I was wrong. I'll meet and grow. And, but it, you know, it, it took me actually doing it and not just saying I was going to do it. At what point, like in sewing down South, like, you know, for you, was it like, wow, you know, I mean, it seems like you believed in yourself. Not everyone else did. Everyone came around, but like, when were you like, Oh man, like, this is real. Like, this is a real company. This is a success. This is real work. I mean, once we sold our first pillow online, it was like a real transaction and someone actually paid for the pillow and I knew we were going to get it shipped out to them. Um, I mean, that's when I knew it was all, you know, it, it, this was going to, this one was going to work. Um, I, that was the last kind of barrier, you know, of me getting out of my own way. Like we, I was finally selling my pillows and, you know, for my partners, it took a long time for them. It took until we, we did the hurricane pillow for hurricane Dorian and we sold, you know, a ton. Um, 
they they wanted to see the volume, but I knew once we sold one that that's all it took. And I knew I wasn't crazy. And, um, and that, I still remember that day I was in Miami just watching from my computer. Interesting. Well, your team has sent me your pillows in the past and lots of other things, candles. So it's all great. Love them all. So thank you to them. I can attest that I have well, them myself in my home and they're amazing. Not everyone, you know, Patricia had some words to say about your pillows and you had some words to say about hers. Where are you guys today in this? Sorry, I'm, I'm saying like, thank you. Well, at first, I was like, thank you, David. Well, no, really, your pillows are all around and they're great. Um, but yeah, so Pat- Patricia and I are great. Um, you know, I, I try to see her when I'm in town in Charleston. You know, I've kind of been on the road a lot this past year. Um, and we've had a few nice little cocktail hours. Um, and she's great. And we had, you know, that healthy rivalry. And we decided to go in two different directions. But I mean, you know, she had a big part in, in really kicking, you know, me in the rear end and being like, you know, what are you doing here? Like, how many chances are you going to blow? So, um, Patricia's Patricia's a heck of a, a character and like person. And uh, I've always been fascinated with her. And, um, you know, I think the healthy ribbing, obviously at the time, um, uh, you know, I wasn't happy about it. And I had some strong words back then, but now as time has moved on, it's, it's, it's all fun. And, um, you know, I've popped on a few of her HSNs to, you know, as a special guest and, um, you know, she's, she roots for me too. So we're in a great place, but yeah, it was, there was some pillow feuding there for a little bit. There was a little bit of pillow feuding, but now that you are, this is such a success. It's almost like, do you appreciate maybe tough love from Patricia? Uh, it, it was almost like fuel to the fire. Cause like, I remember when she said that thing about like the quality of my pillows, I was like, not that I wasn't already driven and I didn't already want to make this a huge company. I'm like, I am now going to focus so hard that no one can ever say that. Like, I'm just never going to give people openings to say like to trash my pillows. Um, and so it, you know, it just, it helps drive me. Um, and it helps kind of, not that I get complacent, but like something happens like that. And you're like, Oh fuck no. All right. Let's, let's sell, let's sell a thousand pillows today. You know, like let's do something. Um, so yeah, no, it's all, all, all appreciated, even though obviously at the time, you know, I, I wasn't saying this. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you guys are in a good place. So, I mean, you talked about Naomi, like in the Naomi chapters, I mean, I know it sounds like, right, like she had the same story you did, which is to me totally shocking because when do two people break up and have almost the exact same story? But what was her first reaction when you went to her and said, hey, I'm going to write a book, (laughs) you know, there's going to be the Naomi chapters. Do you want to be involved? Like, what was her first reaction? Well, timing is just the most wild thing in this world. And it's funny because I think timing affected our original relationship negatively, Um, you know, just timing is just, you know, it affects everything. But the point of it is she actually, when we had gotten to this chapter, had just broken up with her boyfriend in New York, you know, and had reached out to me and you know, kind of came clean and apologized about a lot of stuff and was like, you know, I'm coming back to Charleston. And um, it was just nice. You know, it was, the, it was good closure of, you know, of, you know, a lot of things that were never said that I thought should have been said. And so we had, you know, and I was nice, you know, and I had kind words about a breakup too. I was like, look, breakups suck. Like, sorry, you're going through this, but you know, at least you get to come back to Charleston. Um, And, you know, basically she was a little concerned about the show and I was like, look, you know, uh, it'll be good for the show for you to come back. And, um, you know, as long as you eat crow a little bit and it's, it's uh, good. And she, and she did. So I was like, Hey, you know, I'm writing a book and, you know, I was wondering if my, if my writer could reach out to you. And uh, she was like, sure, of course. And so she spoke with him for a couple of hours and, uh, you know, the timing was just right. It just, um, you know, I was like single at the time. It just, it would have been weird if it was a year prior, you know, and she was still dating or, you know, a couple months later when I was dating, but it just worked. And so I'm glad we were able to get that, you know, that information from her. You're a podcast listener and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. 
Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Well, staring into Zooms five days a week hosting this podcast really has got me very critical about every inch of my face and my hair. And really, that's why I started using Whey. Now, let me tell you about this. Whey's thick and full supplements are amazing. They're vegan. They're once a day supplements with zero flavor in a good way. And they support thicker, fuller, and healthier hair. Something that's really important to me. They help reduce the appearance of shredding and support hair strength. Now, also something that I live and swear and die by is Whey Scalp Serum. The Scalp Serum, I've noticed, not only does it help my hair feel stronger, but it helps it look fuller. Hello? Through like a healthy, hydrated, and balanced scalp. Both of these products for me have worked wonders, and I have found them to be a great solution for promoting the appearance of thicker, fuller, and healthier hair. So now when I stare at myself all day interviewing all these guests, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little happier with what I see. Grow all the way with Way Scalp Serum and Thick and Full Supplements. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code VELVETROPE to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code VELVETROPE. When I decided to partner with Dame Products after hearing so many great things about them, you know Dame, that company that helps you discover your pleasure with their thoughtfully engineered toys? Well, they decided to send me a bunch of samples. Now, when these products arrived, I happen to have three of my friends over. Literally, I've never seen a cat fight between these three friends of mine. They are speaking now, but it was touch and go there for a minute. So listen, everyone went home with something. So, you know, but listen, one of my friends went home with the Eva. Now, the Eva... Let's be honest, sex is better when everyone is enjoying themselves. The Eva is the first hands-free vibrator for couples. So she's in a relationship, so she got the Eva. That makes sense. Another one of my friends who isn't in a relationship, she took home the Palm. Palm is kind of like the opposite of the Eva. It's, you know, something you use when you're alone. My last friend who was there, don't feel sorry for her. She took home the Arc. It's a strong curve vibrator that finds, well, the perfect spot. And the best part, Dame offers hassle-free returns within 60 days. So your satisfaction is literally guaranteed, ladies. Listen, power up your pleasure with the Palm, the Eva, or any of their other toys from Dame products. That's D-A-M-E. Go to dameproducts.com and enter code VELVETROPE today for 15% off site-wide. That's Dame Products, D-A-M-E dot com. Enter code VELVETROPE and get 15% off site-wide. How nervous was she to come back to the show, to, to your point? Well, I mean, look, she kind of went scorched earth when she left, um, which I knew she didn't really mean that stuff. You know, she was leaving because her boyfriend was making her. Um, and, she, you know, she she was like, you you were right, Craig. Like, you know, because Look, people enjoy you doing it. They just do. I mean, um, you know, it's a good time with your friends. And um, and I, I think she was a little nervous. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, if, if, I, did, if I wasn't holding a grudge, then, you know, no one else was going to hold one. Um, and I think that's, well, I mean, you'll get to see some stuff play out this season of Southern Charm. You'll get to see a lot of stuff. There were a few people that might have had a grudge left, one or two. But, um I mean, look, I think she was nervous, but I think she was happy to be back. Do you think like her coming back to the show was like in part because of you, like not romantically, but you know, like you kind of helped ease her into it because you weren't holding a grudge? Well, I mean, I think some of us have, I think, I don't know, you know, when I got the call and it was like, how do you feel about, you know, Naomi coming back to the show? I, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I'm a businessman in a, and I love doing Southern Charm and I, I truly thought fans would enjoy it and our audience. And I thought it would be good for the show. So I was like, sure. Um, you know, if I said no, it probably wouldn't have affected anything, but I just, you know, I, we didn't go down that route. I was, I was fine with it. 
did you, who else would you want to come back? Like if you could choose anyone else that is not there, you know, like we had a lot of people leave last season. It was a good season. It just felt like a transition season in a sense. Yeah. I mean, Cam obviously would be great. Um, I actually, um, I, look, I just like that Bravo is kind of this multiverse now, you know, fuck. Like if someone from Vanderpump on the West coast wants to come try out Charleston, come on, come on over, you know, like to, Stasi or Schwartz wants to come be on the show or Lala. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Cam obviously is the, the easy answer for that one. Um, that, but, uh, you know, like, I mean, it's crazy because, yeah, I got to stay with that. What else were you going to say? Nothing. We've just, we've had some people that were television gold in the past on our shows. And man, were those some crazy years. But uh, yeah, I think, I think Cam misses it. And maybe one day I'll be able to talk her soccer and coming back well the fans would absolutely love that i mean mind you if you want to give a call to stassi or schwartz or any of them i think the fans would love that too i don't think, I think anyone, i'm gonna push for that i don't think anyone would argue with that how hard was it to like i know Paige is going to be on you know talk about listen this crossover from show to show is not a thing that has existed for a long time i mean it really Winterhouse really to me kind of changed the game yeah so, I mean, how yeah. hard was it? Like, I know, you know, Naomi was back. I mean, we're going to see Paige on Southern Charm. Was that awkward filming those scenes? I don't know. That's one of those things you'll just have to watch. It's a long season. We've got, this will be one of the longest seasons of um, of Charm. And I think it's a crazy season. It, it's, it's just as crazy as some of our early ones. Um, and it's going to be really fun for people to watch. Um, and I think you'll get my my thoughts through watching those episodes. I love a long season. So like, that sounds good to me. Were you nervous, you know, staying on the Naomi chapters? Like, how did you, I mean, Paige obviously has read your book. Like, how did that, did you explain, like, were you nervous for her to read those chapters? Was it not an issue? Am I making an issue out of something that wasn't? Yeah, no, I mean, look, it's just my story. And obviously, you know, it's going to take a little getting pumped up to read, you know, stories about anyone's past. Um, I don't think it's because we're in a unique situation. It just, you know, anyone reading about their, their person's, you know, past is going to be a little difficult, but, you know, Paige is awesome. She's just a great person and she gets it. And, you know, I, I think both of us try to help out as many people as we can. And I think she knows that, you know, people reading the story, you know, I've already gotten, you know, <clears throat> not hundreds, but tens of tens of messages, you know, being like, you know, I I'm going through that right now and reading, you know, that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and then getting to see how happy you are now and knowing how, you know, bad the breakup was and how much of a hole you were in, um, you know, gives me hope. So I think, uh, yeah, no, it wasn't a big deal. Breakups are hard, but then you look back and you're like, okay, would you get nervous reactions from anyone else on the Southern Charm cast? Like, was there one person that stood out of like, what are you going to write about me in the book? No, I think Whitney is never happy with anything with people. So, um, you know, I finally got to write about the casting process for our show, which the network has really given me a long leash with this. And, you know, I don't think anyone's ever written about how you ended up on the show. Um, you know, he might be like, he, there's a, there's a few things that um, I'm sure would annoy him a little bit, but no, I mean, it's an honest telling of, you know, of everything. And it wasn't opinion based really. It was really just an objective, you know, story about, you know, what the last nine years have been like. You haven't heard from Whitney yet. No, I mean, we saw each other last week. I just don't think, I don't think, you know, I think it'll be a while before him and Shep read my book. Well, if they, they ever did. Well, they should, because it's a great book. Thank you. What was it like? So, you know, you went into Winter House. I know that you and Paige have crossed, you and Paige have crossed paths way prior to that throughout the years. Like, you know, everyone says, like, you just know when you feel something for someone, you know, when you, like, when did you start to realize, like, you know, maybe you had romantic feelings for Paige? Was it, like, in Winter House? Was it after Winter House? 
Um, look, the fun thing is, is when we met three years ago on Summer House, you know, we both kind of knew that was our person. Um, and then she was dating someone and then I was dating someone and we blocked it out of our heads. But then when we were single, you know, at the same time together, uh, which was after Winter House, um, you know, it was the first time we had ever hung out single and we just, we were like, let's see what happens. And, you know, all those feelings from the first day that we saw each other um came back so it was really fun and really sweet that's great why um what is it about you know like we've seen you date many people throughout the years um what is it about Paige what 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 draws you to Paige um she's just my you know when you find your person you do I know it sounds cliche but um I think we were raised very similarly which I love her parents are very similar to mine and when I'm at their house or when she's at mine, it, it doesn't feel any different. Um, and shit, she's doing pretty much better than me right now, which I fucking love. Um, a lot of it, you know, people won't see for a while, but like her new clothing line's about to drop and she's got some really awesome stuff happening outside of um, reality TV. And I that drives me because uh, it's like a healthy competition that goes unspoken, but when you're competing with your partner in a healthy way, it's kind of hard to explain. Like, you're just like, this is awesome, but I got to keep up at this point. Like, so I love that. Um, I just love how driven she is and how excited she is to continue to span like both of our careers. Um, and like our pro, you know, like our brands, um, you know, we love reality TV um, and we love, being in other stuff too. So it's going to be really fun to see where we end up, you know, in the next few years and where our brands go. And um, she's going to collaborate with me for sewing down South. She's going to do a pillow line for us this fall, which I'm really excited about. And so the fact that we get to work together is just awesome. You guys both seem to understand like, look, like you could, being a reality TV star is amazing, but like you really could parlay this into a real career. Like what Paige is doing and like what you did with sewing down south is there someone that like in the reality space or just one or two people either bravo or non-bravo that you like kind of looked up to you know you look at like a bethany frankel okay that's obviously the obvious you know look what she did with skinny girl but is there someone where you're like wow like this person just did it right well bethany just has the bethany frankel foundation and that's what my goal has always been so i think southern charm in the first three years, we just had our three year anniversary. We've given like $200,000 away. And the goal, hopefully the Credit Conroe Foundation is formed by the end of the summer. I mean, Bethany's giving away millions and millions in aid and supplies and stuff around the world. That's, I mean, that's always what's made me happiest. That's what I want. I mean, that's the whole goal here. Like being financially free is amazing. But with that to me comes being able to give away as much as you want to. And so you know, following, I know it's like a cliche one, but, but it's, I mean, she, she went the philanthropic route and that's, that's my entire goal. So, you know, hopefully I can continue following in her footsteps and, um, and just keep growing. We'll see what happens. That's another thing you talk about in the book, which I didn't realize, like just how much like your foundation is important to you and all of that. Before we wrap up, you know, again, people love and want to know, you know, it's going well with Paige. Might we see a proposal soon, Craig? I think if you guys ever saw it, the answer would be no from Paige. Um, I, uh, we do a good job of keeping, you know, some of our milestones outside of the camera's reach. But um, we, we talk about marriage and, you know, our lot, I just built our huge closet in my house in Charleston and, um, talk about our future and it's really exciting to be with someone that you can you feel comfortable talking about your future but you know we only have been officially dating for a little over six months and so as excited as we are for our future we still are being like and responsible and doing it our way and not rushing it so you know you won't see a proposal until we're at least together for a year um but you know then I think I think it would be something that wouldn't it be crazy to look forward to listen a club building someone a closet in your house is no no that's a pretty big thing yeah i think that's uh i think that's that's a monument i think that's a milestone that uh we'll have to cherish for a little while 
Well, I'm up here. This is last question. And while I'm up here in New York, you know, would you ever do the New York thing? Move up here full time, Paige, Hamptons? Could you ever see yourself becoming a New Yorker full time? I mean, she, I like that she laughs when she gets asked that question because she's like, Craig, Craig just wouldn't. I mean, I love it in the city. I'm there pretty much every week right now. Um, we transition our time. Like she'll be in Charleston all of May and June. But the last few months I've been in New York and I really do love it. Um, we'll always have an apartment up there, but I just, you know, I couldn't see myself raising kids up there. So like, I love spending time up in New York, but at the end of the day, I'm still kind of like a country kid. And I like hopping in my car and, or hopping on the boat and just, um, I, I think we're fortunate that we can do kind of a shared, you know, life between the two. But I mean, I would be lying if I said I ever saw myself, you know, really settling down. But I mean, look, who knows? I mean, you don't really get to plan out your life that much. So nothing's on the table. And that's why I don't really like making definitive statements. But, um, you know, I think right now we'll just keep splitting our time. But I, I, I'm trying to figure out the New York thing. I just had to ask, you know, listen, the more people like you that come to New York, the better as far as I'm concerned. I think, right. I think, I think all you Bravo celebrities should just end up in New York as far as I'm concerned. So just well, figure hopefully it out. We have a Bravo con. Hopefully we have a Bravo con to bring us all together again sometime. I hope so. Well, listen, like I know the podcast tour is going well. The pillow parties continue. You know, this book is literally, I loved reading it. Everyone needs to get a copy of it. Pillow talk. What's wrong with my sewing? I've learned more about you in this book than eight, seven seasons on Southern Charm, but I am excited for season eight. So, you know, thank you for taking your time today. I really appreciate it. And congrats on the new book. Of course. Thanks for the great conversation. Maybe I can come back on once Southern Charm is teased a little bit. So we'll see you then. I would love that. And look, I didn't ask you for any spoilers. So there you go. I followed all (laughs) the rules. I know how it goes, but thank you. Yeah. When the season comes back, feel free to come back. I really appreciate your time. All right, cool. Well, it was a pleasure, David, and I will, uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you to your whole team for making this happen. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope, because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.